0: So that's a little clip from Bob Goff. Um, He just released a new book just a week ago, this week, somewhere around there. And this talk was ultimately this cool merger of some of his content and some of uh, really what we've been building up to. Let me share the story how this worked. Uh, We get together like last year and kind of think about what are we going to talk about this next year? And one of the things we really felt urged to do, led to do, was to talk about how God is for you. And so we launched out the year with this thought of God is for you. But then we really pieced it together with God is for you, God is for us collectively, and God is for everyone. Well, and then we found out, as we're piecing together these these four series, a series about God being for you, and then a a whole series on God is for you, God is for us, and God is for everyone, which we're concluding the everyone today, uh, we we realized that Bob Goff was writing this book called Everybody Always. And so we thought our final talk is going to be Everybody Always, and let's just steal his theme video for his book and make it our bumper, right? And uh, so we're kind of excited about how God speaks to multiple people the same. And I know we give out the Love Does book to first-time guests all the time because it just really expresses the heart of God to to really inspire us to do whimsical acts of love every day, any day, as we're out in community. And so as we uh, let into this season, it's just cool to know It's no coincidence that God is speaking to multiple people the same message around the world. And to know that, wow, like, he really is in this season of making sure we as followers of Jesus or those who are exploring Jesus or just want to be better humans are going to figure out how to love everybody, all of humanity. And so that's our... Uh, really what we've been building up to during the course of since the beginning of this year is culminating today. It's God's sharing through us his love, us being like heaven on earth for people. And when they experience life with us in any way, shape, or form at any time, they experience a piece of heaven because we get to grow in our relationship with Jesus And we get to bring that everywhere we go at all times. Our theme verse for this series, Who Else?, has been uh, 2 Corinthians 5.15. It says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Jesus came for them. Jesus came for everyone. Or, as Bob Goff puts it, everybody always. And we have this opportunity to think, man, who is the next person I'm going to interact with? Let me catch you up. We began this series with this thought of who else, right? Like, who else should we invite? Who else should we pray for? Who else can we honor? Who else can we serve? Who else can we love? And really, open life began nine years ago or so at a coffee shop and sitting down in a chair getting what I call Starbucks butt in a wood chair just like this because you sit in this for enough hours and it hurts when you stand up, right? And so that's where the dreams of people loving everybody always began. But not just that. Now it represents, like, who's next to dream? Who's next to sit in that chair and realize there's an opportunity if they would just have 20 seconds of courage to stand up and walk across the room and share the love? Our big idea today is God wants us to love everybody always. That was creative, wasn't it? That was like, wow, that was a tough one to come up with with the title and everything. But everybody always. Let me... Let me read for you a quote that actually concludes Bob Goff's new book. Every time I wonder who I should love and for how long I should love them, God continues to whisper to me, everybody, always. When you consider how God wants to use you, what your purpose is in the community, what your purpose is in your family, what your purpose is in your neighborhood. I hope you hear the Spirit of God whisper the same thing. Like, who should I love today, God? Well, everybody. How, how long, like, how, how persistent should I be? How much patience should I have? Everybody always. I mean, think of the different scenarios in life. You could have, you know, you're, you're there at, There's a lot of times we commit to always, right? Your wedding day. You're there on your wedding day, and you look each other in the eye, and you're going to make a a forever commitment. And you say, I do, but not to everybody. (laughs) You could get in trouble. Is John here? I was looking for There you are. John, I'm just, you know, in July, don't say, I do for everybody. No, 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 no. Jessica would go, no way. Not everybody, me, right? That's the only instance. Think of this. How about this instance? When you win the game, remember back to those great moments. You win the game, it's like, ah. And you see people, they jump up on the bench now, and they're like pointing to the 12s in the crowd. How about you see those moments where this week where people are recruited They're picked in in a round of the draft for the NFL. If you've been watching some of the stories come out of that, what do they do? Everybody in the room is hugging and crying. And I I could watch every one of those videos and just like cry along with them and see these stories of overcoming and becoming this, reaching this pinnacle of their career. I love those stories. Everybody, always. When tragedy comes, you see a similar scenario. Where you're in a place of pain and need, and what, is, what does God bring around you? Family, friends, and it's that. Everybody's sticking together. All of a sudden, all the strife and all the worry and, and all the little stuff you might mingle with over the course of time is pushed aside, and it's love and encouragement, everybody always, right? Right? When you're handed the wrong drink in the drive-thru, you're in a hurry, you take a sip, and you're like, they got it wrong. I'm gonna go in. How much love is gonna come across that counter? Is it gonna be an everybody always moment? Are you gonna feel that check on your way in with every step? When you see that empty Starbucks chair, Starbucks would never hand you the wrong drink. You know, maybe at some other place. No, just kidding. When you see, you're like, if you're gonna ask for the correct drink, How much grace is in that? How much love is in that? How much everybody, always, spirit is in that moment? How about when you're waiting? I don't know why they give you an appointment time and then take you in an hour later, you know? It's just, but you're waiting and you got places to go and things to do. How much of that, I'm gonna still love everybody in here. I am a heaven on earth for these people. How I respond is maybe how they're gonna see God. Everybody always, everybody always, right? It's that that little internal whisper, that check. When you have an opportunity to pass the blame. But you know, that would not be loving. Everybody always. When it's a perfect moment for revenge, and you just want to grab a hold of that I told you so, or that, you're like, everybody always, everybody always. You see how it applies to life? When somebody's just plain being crazy, everybody always, everybody always. Students, when you see somebody sitting alone at lunch, at school, everybody always, right? That check in our Spirit is what God wants to awaken. When I dream of a church fulfilling the mission of being people, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus, what I see is a people who are loving everybody always, right? First Thessalonians 2.8, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well because you became so dear to us. You know, we loved you So much. Everybody we love. That's the deal. That's the story. It fulfills itself through everybody always being love to everybody always. Another Bob Guaf. Bob Guaf. Bob Guaf. Man, if you try to say that five times, okay, I won't. Uh, I'll I'll digress. People, it's a quote from Bob. I'll just send it there. Uh, People will figure out what we really believe by seeing what we actually do. Everybody has a plan, but God is looking for people who know their purpose. Our purpose is to love everybody, always. Every human being is going to be blessed through your being love in heaven on earth to them. It's pretty awesome. We usually say you know, I kind of picture when we're sharing who everybody is, because sometimes it's just so, like, out there. Like, who is your everybody? And we've talked about it. It was the first talk in the series, but we've kind of unpacked it during the course of all the weeks of this series. The reality, if you look at your, like, blast radius or your circle of influence, it's first, it, it, it's first your family and friends right there next to you, closest. Then it's literally your neighbor's. And then it's going to be your work or school. And then it's going to be your community as a whole and the world. That's everybody. Like we are responsible to that everybody. We have responsibilities. We've been commissioned to everybody. Jesus loved us, expecting nothing back. And now we get to figure out how to pursue the adventure of loving others expecting nothing back. I'll, eat, I'll love you even if you misbehave. I'll love you even when you believe different than me. I'll love you even when you have not yet recognized my efforts to love you. You know, I'll love you. It's just, I'll love you, period. How do we accomplish that? Well, the first thing is we, we have to have, our first thought is you have to have genuine love. You can't fake it. This generation, more than any other generation, can sniff out a fake. You might be one of those. How many of you, you're like, I can tell when somebody is faking it. It's just like discerning spirit. Oh, come on. There's more people than that. You can lift your, you can exercise your arms. But it's just like the reality of, you're just like, man, they are trying their hardest to put on their happy face. But this is a rough day for this person. How can I make it better for them? We've just got to have this, man, love can't be a project. Love can't be something that's for something else. It has to become a lifestyle, because if we're loving just to get something in return, the person on the other end of that's going to feel it. They're going to, they're going to sense that they just became a project. It needs to be out of the overflow of our relationship with God. It needs to be our love flowing into the lives around us and impacting the lives around us so that it's just total pure joy. We cannot put a deadline on love. And when we love people as a project, we say, I'm going to love them until they come to church with me. I'm going to love them until they come to church and make a decision to follow Jesus. We're, we don't love people to make converts. That's not like what Jesus told us to do. He said, Go. And serve people. Lay down your life for others. That's what we're called to do. In that process, people are going to see Jesus. They're going to choose to follow him. But we're there to love. We're there to serve. We're there to experience life to the full. We value people and helping people experience Jesus. But that's just through our love. I'm not going to say, well, I've been trying for a year. I'm just going to give up on this one and go to the next project. People feel that, and it hurts. Some call it prostituting them for salvation. And I know that sounds harsh, but maybe we need that in our mind to say, well, if I do this, I am totally using them for a statistic and keep ourselves in check because God wants us to love everybody always, not just those that are on a hook. Jesus went to the cross for everybody and that always love is still alive today in us we must show that genuine love and have you ever been have you ever had your love put to the test like literally has have you realized wait like so seriously like you just gave me a test to see if I was gonna prove faithful maybe people would say it this way you know I've been watching you and I I've seen you've been going to church. How's that going? Or they might be saying, you go to church, right? And when they're saying that, they are saying, I've been watching you for a while, and I've noticed something different is happening. It might come across like that, but I found out this week something very interesting. A couple weeks ago, I was literally put to the test. Somebody set me up. It's a true story. There's a person that goes to Open Life that works for an organization that works with churches a lot. And so they, they had a, uh, were listening to an employee talk negatively about their experiences with churches. Like, that's always how churches are. I just can't believe churches. that are just full of some of the most blah, 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 people. I just wish churches weren't like that. I just hate calling pastors or churches because they're blah, 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 blah. This said employee of said company said, wait a second. Let me give you a phone number. Call this church. It just seriously, I'm dead serious. This happened. And I did not remember this call. But, and I don't remember if it came in on the Open Life church number or if it came in on my cell phone number. But they were handed Open Life's number. Now, luckily, I was trained for phone call Uh, manners when I was in sales before and so I always answer the phone the same pretty much if it's the open life number ringing through to my phone then I'll see oh it's open life and I'll answer it hello this is Thad or thanks for calling open life this is Thad how can I help you you know it'll always be like that and so and and you smile because otherwise they'll hear you're not smiling if you're like open life this is Thad you just interrupted me, right? So you just got to go, open line, this is Thad, how can I help you? you know? And it's not fake, it's like real, I'm excited to, to help. It's usually Google telling us that our analytics need improving or something on the other side. But every once in a while, there's a real person there. It could have been that. Or it could have been a phone number that comes. If I see an unrecognized phone number on my mobile, then I will answer it, assuming I, I might know the person, but I have no idea who they are. So I'll just go, hello, this is Thad. So it was one of those two answers on the phone, right? Because I didn't recognize the number. Well, this person proceeded to ask uh, if, how, how our experience has been with the company. And I was like, man, it's great. Everything's good. Things are going well. And uh, I was told I passed the test, right? The person hangs up the phone and goes, wow, they were actually really nice. And so the employee said, you can, now you cannot say Every church you call is blah 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 blah, or every experience you've had with the pastors blah 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 blah. The world around us is putting us to the test now, obviously, I passed that test or i wouldn't have shared the story you know it was like I was like I was nervous when I was told, you know I gave your number to somebody to call they were having a bad time with churches, and so I was like, you did what you know I was like, how did you that was did I pass? You passed. Okay. Oh. It's that patience. It's that. It's never on our convenience when we're put to the test. What does that always look like for you? I love 1 Timothy 1.16. It says, God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great Patience with even the worst of sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Whoa, that's some pressure. Did anybody feel great patience when they were checking in their children today? we made the printing slow for, no, we didn't make it slow for a reason. They're updating the database and it's like going goofy, but I was watching the tags print out so slowly for those who checked kids in. And I'm like, that is funny because like the Lord knew somehow that that passage was in the talk and all the parents were like, waiting for the tags to print, and experiencing great patience. And everybody passed the test. You did it with a smile. I loved it. Way to go, parents, in the room, because you just became a sermon illustration. It was great. Thought number two, not only do we need genuine love, but that great patience comes in handy if we're going to have faithful love. Thought two, faithful love. Being faithful takes great patience. Being faithful is that stick to that often it's finishing the task. It's, it's that completing the job. It's that spirit that, whether it's a phone call or however the test is coming around your genuineness, it's that sticking to the plan of loving people always, not just now but forever. And it's never at your convenience. It's usually when you need to be making dinner, or usually when you're supposed to be going out the door, and you feel that open life moment, and you're like, I I knew it, you know? I was told I have to love everybody always. It's that moment where you realize what Jesus was saying to people or challenging people. I I love it. In 1 Timothy 1.12, it says, I thank Christ our Lord who has given me strength, because it's going to take strength to be faithful, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. He's appointed each of you to his service. Maybe you don't even know Jesus yet. Maybe you've yet to really embrace this thing called following Jesus. That's okay, because when you do, He's got a role for you to play in the lives around you that's pretty amazing. It's an adventure that's worth every second. I look at that presence in community value that we hold, that we're present with community. And I think, how awesome is it when we get to just be in somebody's lives and stick in their lives over and over and over and over and over and over? It's what allows us to then all of a sudden be present in moments like these youth summits that happen during the course of community. We were able to, I was able to MC the one in Sumner and then this week able to MC the one in White River. And have mayors and city leaders and, and, and po- politicians and servants of school districts come together, teachers, administrators, and brainstorm solutions for communities and, and, and be a presence there and, and watch the Lord open doors of favor there. And what results in being able to be in a space like that? Faithful love. Years of consistent serving. Of doing what we say we'll do in community. The consistent and persistent presence in places where the community is rallying around helping the needs of people where it hurts. Open life is always there, and people recognize that. So way to go. And now it's fun to see you there. It's fun to see the picture of Melinda in the paper a couple weeks ago as she's honored for her service to the White River School District. It's fun to see people's faces helping out uh, the food bank in Sumner or helping out, you know, you just see these faces serving community. That's faithful love. God doesn't give us our talents to do just one-dimensional things. I'm not given the talent to communicate just so I can preach 36 sermons a year but so that I could use that to give back to the community I live in. God is so amazing. And I look at this and I go, man, we're going to be inconvenienced in order to be faithful. Right? 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. (laughs) And oftentimes... It's not. That's just the way life goes. We're going to love for a lifetime, not until. Our love can't be conditional. John 17, 4 says, I brought glory to you here on earth. This is Jesus speaking. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Talking to God as Father in prayer. I brought glory to you by completing the work. Jesus didn't just come here to begin something. He completed the work. Do we complete the things that we give our word to? That's faithfulness. That's faithful love. The work needs to be done, and that work represents God's love so much, remaining faithful. We keep our commitments to love. Ephesians 2 says... You you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Verse 3. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But, huge but there, God is so rich in mercy And he loves us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it's only by God's grace that you've been saved for we are God's masterpiece. In verse 10 it says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, all those everybody always moments, those open life moments, he's prepared those already in advance for you to do. He's got it ready for you. And all he's calling us to do is go out and take action. Genuinely, faithfully, and finally, gratefully. Grateful love. What's grateful love? Well, one of my favorite parenting lines do we have to? You get to, right? Have you heard that? Have you used that one, parents? It's a good one. It'll bother them, but you know, I use it all the time because oftentimes some of the best things are through like right actions bring right emotions. Like, I really don't want to sleep in. I don't want to, but this is going to bless you. Do we have to? No, you get to. Like, what an honor. We should be grateful we get to serve, right? Again, genuine, faithful love carries a grateful tone. It's a get-to spirit. There's a story in Luke 17, I won't take the time to read it, in verse 11 through 19, where these 10 people are are healed by Jesus. They cry out to him, and and they're crying. There's this village, there's people, they're walking by them, and and, uh, uh, Jesus is walking in, in between a couple cities, and and uh, there's these people crying out for mercy that have leprosy. Their skin is, like, all flaky, and, and, and they're cast outside of a city at the time. And, and, and Jesus says to them simply, um, you know, you're healed. Go and show yourselves to the priests. You're healed. And he miraculously heals them, and they go, and they're like, wait. Uh, we're healed on their way. And one of them stops and runs back to Jesus and falls at his feet and thanks him. He's grateful. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? And oftentimes, if you're reading that story in the context of a message, the focus is, don't be the nine. But I think maybe a better emphasis is, be the one. Because now you've been, that guy got two experiences with Jesus. He got his healing from Jesus, and then he came back and he got his moment of worship with Jesus. And then a commission. He was like purpose to go out, go find those nine and help them be grateful as well. Tell them the whole story here of how they were loved genuinely and faithfully by the Son of God. And so he was commissioned out. What if we came to church that way? What if we worship that way? What if when we come, it would be a second experience when we lift our, our worship to the Lord? If we've had those amazing love experiences during the week, and we've been loving everybody always, and we come back just a thank God for the moments we've been able to have during the week, and we come in expecting to be at Jesus' feet. We get two experiences versus coming to just be re-inspired to maybe be active in our faith. We want to help you be active in your faith. We want to help your gratefulness lead to action. We want you to get that double portion that this guy got by falling at the feet of Jesus. When? When? Always, how, any way you can think of, and it's any moment, any opportunity. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, whenever we have opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Or Ephesians 5, make the most of every opportunity. So we want to sow into that opportunity. You might have figured that out. But I have some helpers that are coming around. The lights are going to turn on so we can see you. We are going to give each of you, one per family, the new Bob Goff book. Everybody, always. And why are we going to do that? You get a book, and you get a book, and you get a book. Do you like that? Put on my best Oprah right there. Um, We're going to pass these. So if you're a family, somebody from your family, raise your hand. And we have a bunch of helpers back there grabbing the books. And they're going to put those in your hand. We believe in just sewing and equipping you to do the work out there. So, yeah, if you're a first-time guest today, you get two Bob Goff books. Woo! Right? It's a double day. I tell you what, these books are awesome. uh, And the stories in here are incredible. And they're going to equip you. I could try to regurgitate Bob Goff's stories, but there's no way I could do it. You have to read this. And we have a challenge. Our action point today for you is to read the book. It's a little different of a normal ending at Open Life. Uh, We challenge you to read this book. And in fact, there's 24 chapters, so you could read a chapter a week and be done in 24 weeks. The stories are awesome. They are mind-boggling. They're challenging. I don't think I could love in some of the ways he loves. Like, I'm just thinking it would be a challenge. So just really get into that and dive in. But there's some promises with reading a book. Why give a book? Well, did you know that the average person reads less than a book a year? But if you read more than a book a year, it increases your income average by about $10,000 a year. That's the reason right there to read a book. Did you know that I was researching like stats on reading books and I was like, okay, I'm going to read more. I'm going to read 20 books this week. I'm I don't know, 10, 20, 30. Anyway, you know, it's just think through this. After high school, most people stop reading. After college for sure. Let's uh, we want to sew. To the impact that you can make in this community. So I'm gonna take a selfie. Hold up your books so that I can see the cover. Because I'm gonna send this to Bob Goff because he he loves this kind of stuff, the author. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna set the timer on three seconds here, because I don't I can't I have like when it comes to pushing the little button, I'm awful at it. Here we go. Hold those books up. I don't know if I can see them. Woo! There you go. I have no idea if that's gonna work, but no, it won't. But anyway, it's really fun. It's dark, even though the lights are on. But we want to hear those stories. So you'll see a little bookmark in the front of that. It links you to a page on our website. Jaden, you can make your way up as I pray here in a second. Uh, it'll link you to a webpage, openlife.church slash always. Or you can open the app, and on the bottom right, there's a link to share the stories you find yourself doing Based off the inspiration of that book, we can't wait to hear your stories of open life moments in this community, of genuinely loving everybody. So I'm gonna pray for you that God would use you as you go out. Lord, thank you for what you do. And I know hopefully people filled out Connect cards, because now they're holding a bunch of stuff and they're gonna go back and suck down some donuts in a second too. But Lord, I pray that you'll inspire us through the context of this book. That, Lord, as we equip ourselves, not only by reading your word or hearing your word as we come together and share talks weekly, but Lord, may you send us out as you did the one that came back that was grateful. May you send us out to impact the lives of those in our radius of influence and, and that you would use these stories to inspire us of even more creative ways to love. And just the opportunities that literally surround us daily. And give us the courage to take that step forward and love everybody. That we would make better humanity around us because we've been exposed to your word. And we're reading incredible challenges like this book. Thank you for every family here. Let us have an incredible week ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Jaden's going to close us out here.